It is Wednesday night. It's August 23rd, 2023. Brand new episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. I'm Tanner Lee, along with my co-host Austin Shepard. Our other co-host, Paul Zartman's a little under the weather tonight, so he will not be joining us. But don't worry, don't fret. He has sent me his all-in predictions, so we so will we get change, to them. We can change them. We oh, yeah. Do, we can do every one of them. Paul's got some interesting ones, so we might not want to change them. All right, all right, we're out. But uh, thank you, everybody, for being patient with our little longer-than-usual intro tonight. Uh, Pro Wrestling World lost a true legend today in the passing of Terry Funk at the age of 79. Uh, Ship, I'm, and I'm not saying this just because you're older than me, but uh, you are probably more familiar with Terry Funk's in-ring work than I am. I mean, I know he... He's in about every promotion you could think of. He's in the Hall of Fame, WCW, WWE. Uh, well, ECW doesn't have a Hall of Fame, but he'd be in that. I think he's in NWA, maybe. He he wrestled all over the world. Um, what are some of your fond memories of Terry Funk? So, so first of all, cheers to him. Absolutely. I don't normally drink beer, but I'll tell you why I'm going to drink a beer. <laughs> so... If you remember a little documentary called Beyond the Mat. Yes, sir. Terry Funk was one of the guys they followed. And as they started that documentary following Terry, it was when he was called up by Paul Heyman to ECW. And one of the famous lines, and it could be in the first like 10 minutes of the documentary, the first 10 minutes they aired Terry was, Paul, come up there, but I'm going to break your ass meaning the money. And he went up there and he led, he led ECW through their first pay-per-view. And Paul's been quoted saying it on numerous docs. I think he might even have said it in that doc. There would be no ECW if there was no Terry Funk. Right. So if you want to snowball that, and if we remember all the documentaries about ECW and WWF at the time, there'd be no attitude area without Terry Funk. That's a good point. That's the stuff. That's the modern day stuff that doesn't talk about what he did in the NWA in the territory days um, before ECW. Because when he went to ECW, let's let's be honest, he was past his prime. Sure. He, he was an older older gentleman, but he would not quit. He would not quit. Um, in that documentary, he had his last match at the, God, was it, some fairgrounds, where which was rare that all three brands at the time sent talent to do this farewell match. And when I say all three brands, ECW, obviously, excuse me, WCW, in WWF at the time. In fact, he wrestled Bret Hart in the main event. And this is just a tad, a tidbit from that. There was one thing before that match Terry was worried about. I don't know if you watched that doc. I've watched that documentary a hundred times. One of my favorites. Yeah, I, I saw it actually all the way through about two years ago for the first time. Terry is really worried about one of the main sponsors making sure those guys had ringside seats. And if you remember, it was the Texas Chevy dealers. Me being a car dealer, breaking kayfabe, right? I sell cars. 
but he was worried about the Texas Chevy dealers, which obviously was comical to me. Yes. Want to make sure those guys had good seats. Um, but now if you go, you know, back before ECW in the NWA and territory dates, he was very well respected, had some great, great matches with Ric Flair. Um, the uh, famous T-shirt boot match with with uh, Dusty Rhodes. It was that Dusty uh, Dusty Rhodes sucks eggs. Was Dog it? sucking egg. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, just obviously a legend in our sport. His stuff over in Japan with Mick Foley, aka Cactus Jack. <clears throat> that that was an acquired taste. But they paid him a lot, a lot of money to do it. And when he came back, he he snowballed that into, obviously, what he did in ECW. And in a WWE um, as Chainsaw, Chainsaw Charlie. That's where I first remember him. And I'll never forget, he was in a tag match with the New Age Outlaws. And there could have been other, other teams in that match, but... Uh, Billy Billy Gunn and, and Road Dog pushed him off yes. the stage in a in a dumpster, and he said, mm-hmm. "There's a human body." Or Jr. was, "By God, there's a human body in there," or something along those lines. What wasn't it? Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie. I'm gonna look that up. I'm both gonna... of them were in there, but yeah, it was. I remember that kid. It was Terry Funk with some pantyhose over his face. <laughs> yep. Was Chainsaw Charlie? It was Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie versus New Age Outlaws dumpster match. Yeah. And he, he pushed him off the stage. Yep. And, which was one of the softer bumps those two knuckleheads have taken in their life. That's uh, saying something. They had a they had a steel dumpster to protect them. So, yeah, you know, uh, very influential in some of the guys nowadays. Uh, I know we all know we talk about this. Eddie Kingston is is like that's his – that's his goat, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll talk about Eddie later tonight. Um, but yeah, it was a was a great loss, huge loss. I'm rephrasing that. Great, huge loss to the wrestling world. I know, as of a year or two ago, he was sending out videos saying, "Hey, look, I'm I'm deteriorating. Quit quit sending me stuff to sign and stuff." And, and I can respect that. Sure. He, he wanted to be peaceful in his ranch down there in Texas and, you know, bless his heart. Ho- hopefully he went peaceful and uh, cheers to Terry Funk. Absolutely. Cheers to the Funkster indeed. And another thing uh, he's famous for is he was part of the Hell in the Cell King of the Ring match with Mankind and Undertaker. When oh, yeah. impromptu, when they thought Mick Foley was pretty hurt, which he was hurt, Terry Funk goes up to the Undertaker and says, hit me. So Undertaker choke slams him, and that was not planned at all. I mean, that was just on the fly. Terry Funk, being a veteran, knew the show had to go on. So, yeah, that's. I mean, he wasn't active in the ring at that time, but still part of one of the most historic matches of all time. Yeah, and, and he probably knew Mick was legit hurt and had to buy some time. So that's to- after he went through the cell. Yes, the top of it and the. Chair, which they said was worse than when he went off it into the announcer table. That and that's that's when the tooth went through the uh, nose nose cavity. Oh. Oh. And then they, then he the camera goes on and, and makes smiles. Cause yeah, because he's nuts. Even though he 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 is uh, 
he, on a documentary, he said he wasn't trying to smile. He was trying to see if he had a hole in his lip with his tongue. So he smiled. It's Mick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's just a, a wee bit crazy. More back then than now, but and, it, and if you remember on that same documentary that we're talking about with Terry Funk, that was when him and oh. The Rock had or mankind and The Rock had the Ike oh. match at a Royal Rumble, and he took oh. twenty. Unprotected yeah. chair shots to the head. It's hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, they have the, the guy that was producing that documentary plays a voicemail that Mick had left him after the match. And you could tell Mick is not in. Yeah. His brains are scrambled. He's not yeah. in the same city that, that his yeah. body was in. Well, that his wife and kids were there. And it was, it was hard to watch. I mean, it was as real as real gets there, the emotions. So. But uh, yes, cheers to Terry Funk in the memory of a legend. It's always always rough when we lose a legend in the wrestling world, but this one this one seemed to really hit a lot of people around the internet harder than than we've seen some recently. So. Well, he was he was he was such a likable guy. All like again, all the documentaries he did. How could you not like the guy? He 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 loved to fight. He loved to bleed, but yet he loved to go back stage and talk to everybody yep. and drink a beer with his high pitched voice and he just you know so I have a little bit of a prediction that I is not on our predictions for all in and my prediction is during this uh, stadium stampede Eddie Kingston comes out with striped trunks if you remember Terry Funk always had the white and black uh, striped tights I should say full full length stripes and then he would have uh, the, the black uh, uh, trunks over those stripes, right? Eddie Kingston wears that this Saturday, this, this Sunday. I like that. I, I figured he'd do something in tribute to Terry Funk. I like that prediction a lot. I like that a lot. But, uh, well, uh, Ship, what are we drinking tonight? I saw I, I well, saw you had some sort of beer, but I couldn't so, so the, like. So, funny, funny story. When I thought about this tonight, obviously, I, I have – Old Faithful over here, which we'll show that. That way we can tag Kettle One so I can get all that free merch <laughs> and all that, all that free uh, vodka and and, and 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 stuff like that. Well, I'm still waiting for Kettle One. But I'm thinking one of the most memorable mo- moments of that of that pay, of that documentary we're talking about where they, they followed Terry Funk through that first ECW pay-per-view. And, and, and it's at the ECW uh, arena, so there's really no backstage. It's, it's a freaking – bingo hall right and 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 paul Heyman's rallying the troops and 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 the main event goes and shit goes haywire that they, they bowl the transfer like transformer like three seconds after the, the match is over and they're back in the back uh locker room area checking terry funk and he's got all this blood all over him and he's coughing up blood and he's just like look it's not internal injuries it's i, I swallowed some blood and he's drinking a coors light of a bottle that we could never get anywhere. <laughs> it was one of those short, fat, stubby bottles of Coors Light. And he's just chugging this, like coughing up blood. Like it's fine. You know, it's, I swallowed this stuff, you know, and these paramedics have blood all over them. And I'm like, I don't have Coors Light in the house, not a Coors Light drinker, but I have a beer that's, that's not Bud Light. So <laughs> I, said, I said, all right, I'm going to have a beer tonight. In yep. memory of Terry Funk. So next closest thing to Coors Light, we had a little Luke Combs Miller Light. I didn't know these were Luke Combs. Oh. 
fans, but uh, Luke Combs, Tagus, um, will make you a little more famous than what you are. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll help. We'll help a little bit. But the, it's funny you mentioned the stubby bottles. That's what Coors original. Their bottles only come in that now, is the yeah. short stubby bottles. But short- Coors Light doesn't. Yeah. Well, the, the Coors original that you're talking about, the banquet, yep, is, is is the same bottles like as a Jamaican Red Stag bottle. It's like yeah, a- the Red Stripe. Yep. But if yep. you look in that documentary, it's a stubby, fat bottle, and it has a little slender neck. I have never seen yeah. it in <laughs> back. Honestly, if I was the 21 of the age of when that match happened and would have drank, I probably would have been able to get those bottles. But I just – I have always stuck out of my mind every time <laughs> I see that scene. So I'm like, tonight I got to have a beer. I like it. I'm not the biggest beer drinker in the world, but, you know, I, like I, I, I can do it for the functioner. I – uh I am boring tonight. No alcohol for me. I, I played in a golf outing today, and it was like 112 out, and I felt very dehydrated. So, Arnold Palmer and water for me tonight. So. You, you, you got a you got a rough you got a rough gig there, Tanner. Oh, it was real rough, but uh, it was. I've played in some hot weather today. Might have topped them all though. It was it was pretty brutal, pretty brutal, but still better than uh, sitting in the office. So, all right, all right. Uh, well, let's go right into dynamite now that we got all our tributes for Terry Funk out of the way. And, uh, I thought this was a great show. I will, I will throw that out there. I thought this was one of the best, if not their best go home show AWS put on in the four years of existence. Um, thought I'd start off pretty interesting tonight. We had the elite come out, carry on my wayward son, they're uh, ready to take on the guns and Juice Robinson, but we never got that match. We got the entrances, but then there was a lot of commotion. Jay White gets involved. We see uh, Konosuke Takeshka get involved. FTR gets involved to make sure the Young Bucks are going to be as healthy as can be going into All In. So it was melee to start off, but uh, just building stories, building stories, building the matches up for Sunday. I thought it was great. Normally, I would not like this type of opener, right? Because it was a, a, a shit show. Yeah, it yeah. But but the more you, the more we thought about this, right? And you made a good point. The more it told told a better story for this weekend. So, if we're gonna have a uh, no contest, as I think was what they, what they said on commentary. If we're going to have a no contest, they did it well this way. Um, got everybody involved, got all the, all the players involved. So it worked. The only thing I was wondering the whole, whole time is where's hangman. Yeah, we didn't get no, no hangman and, and no Abushi either. No Abushi, which I guess that, yeah. I, I didn't put that together till right now. I guess that one doesn't surprise me as much as Hangman, but no I Hangman thought, tonight. I thought we'd get a Bushi Hangman before we got FTR. Yeah, yeah, but I do like how FTR the last two weeks has come come out to make sure the Young Bucks are in as best shape as possible. They don't want any excuses if they're to beat to beat the Bucks on Sunday. Correct. And nice to see FTR get a big pop. I mean, it's and Tony Khan didn't shy away from it in the media call yesterday. They're keeping up with the latest with Cash Wheeler and his arrest situation. There's a lot to still be played out there, so we'll I'll, see. I'll talk about that when we do the FTR Bucks segment. Mm-hmm. I know we're gonna uh, zip through this show for the predictions later, but right. I got a I got a couple comments on that. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, always good to see FTR on TV. Even though it's interesting, they're supposed to be colliders and collision guys, but the last few weeks we see them on Dynamite. And same goes for Bullet Club Gold. So we're starting to see a lot of crossover 
just not the not the Pepsi Phil here yet, at least. So he he got a little bit of a boo when they brought his name up tonight. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. We then see MJF shown backstage with Renee Paquette, who was a star of tonight's show. Renee was everywhere, like she is always. Um, he admits his uh, trunks will be tight as he loves the idea of fans cheering for him. He wants the fans to get a get a pint, get pissed, and cheer on their favorite chav. He says <laughs> he promises he will buy everybody a pint if they do. However, he does admit to feeling pressure for the Sunday as it doesn't happen with without the people who paved the road prior. He lists Hogan, Cena, Triple H, Undertaker. Once again, I like how AEW doesn't shy away from mentioning. People from WWE or WWE itself. I really respect that. Um, he says he's standing on the shoulders of giants, and if he wins, he might become one himself, so he's ready for the pressure. MGF says he's never had a genuine friend before, and Adam Cole has made him a better person. He taught him he, how he could trust and let his guard down. He calls Cole a brother. He says the bro- brothers push and fight each other, but they hug it out. He asks fans to be vulnerable with them, and he promises they will be rewarded as he is their scumbag. So purely babyface promo here from MJF and one thing I forgot to mention in the notes uh, Renee was showing different highlights of him and Cole's relationship in different moments it looked like MJF was going to turn and he had to kind of respond to those so uh, I thought it was really well done good segment this this was a better segment than the Cole segment we'll get to later the thing that stood out was when he said he'd buy everybody a pint and Renee said really he leaned in and says no I'm going to have that Mark Tony Khan do it Oh, cut that out. <laughs> that stuff that he always says that stuff about Tony Khan uh, all started back when his contract gimmick came up. And he's going to ride that through this year into next year, which I love. Mm-hmm. So at points you're thinking, oh, he's going to be heel. Coming out of this promo, he wants you, AEW wants you to think that he's going to come out as the monster face and then i mean we might as well go right into the i know we're going to skip ahead but you might as well go into the cole segment yeah. he gets frustrated with the video package and doesn't want to talk yeah let me find the notes for that here um i love that i can just completely <laughs> off off of yeah that's okay itinerary okay i got to Gotta find it here. Um, well, we also saw Renee with with Roderick Strong in the Kingdom too, and they said uh, at the end of the night, we'll see who the real MGF is and the real Adam Cole is, which is interesting. Um, all right, where is my are my notes for this segment? Here we go. Okay, uh, yeah, same kind of similar to her sit, her sit down interview with MJF, uh, showing moments with Cole and MJF, but moments that looked like Cole was going to turn his back on MJF. Um, but but before that, Cole says um, he uh, thanks MJF for reminding him who the real Adam Cole is, and he'll love him forever for doing that. He says he got into wrestling to be the best wrestler in the AEW World Championship, solidifies that, which is why he needs to win the match, and he will. Then he sees footage of issues he's had with MGF, but he says he's done. He questions why people find out so hard that they can be friends. There are no issues between him and Max. It's pretty short and sweet compared to Max's. Different side of Cole. Little frustrated, passionate, little heelish vibes. Heated, yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless Tony Khan wants to throw you the biggest swerve in the world, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's 
he's built this up where he wants MJF to be the biggest jerk, but yet the biggest pop. And right. I think we can see that. I, I think that can work. I think that really could work as maybe the the biggest guy in professional wrestling. And I'm not, not saying he can overtake Roman Reigns, but over Roman Reigns right now is strictly a heel. Right. Not that he doesn't get an okay pop because people are excited to see him. Right, right. But he is a strict heel. How could you have a guy get a massive pop, like roof-blowing pop, but still come out and salt the crowd and get cheered? I don't know if we've seen that in a while. Yeah, I'm, I'm just so – I mean, this story has been the one of the best stories AW's ever told because I'm so – I see so – this could go in so many different directions. Um, you know, I want to believe that MGF is baby face and ready for it, but, at, like, I'm watching tonight. My wife was watching with me. I'm like, I feel like he's going to stab us all in the back on Sunday. Like, I don't know. I'm so conflicted, and yet, you know uh, – uh, I think it was yesterday. It was live yesterday, but the podcast came out today. He was on Busted Open for an exclusive town hall. He sits down with LaGreca. Pure baby face. Explains the story, how he got into wrestling. I mean, just a whole different side of him than we've seen uh, in his uh, previous engagements with Busted Open. It's just, yeah, I, I don't know. I can see this going in so many different directions. And the kingdom and, and uh, Roderick Strong, how, are, are they going to get involved? If so, how? It's It's all very compelling. It's it's worth the buy for Sunday. It is, and and you look at the kingdom and 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 strong. If they get involved, it has to be on Cole's part. You can't, you cannot. If you want to put a rocket behind Max, which Max has darn near got one already, yeah. You can't involve those guys with him. No, and, and they tried that with the pinnacle, and it didn't work. Yeah, let me, let me yeah, let me rephrase it. You could not put him back into the faction. No, I he agree. Too strong to, to not to be in that. He's got to be on his own. I agree. I mean they they could technically cost Cole without MJF being involved, um, or they could help Cole and Cole. Yeah does whatever it takes to win turns. I mean, Cole could turn heel. This face run right now is the first face run we've seen out Adam Cole in many years. Um, yeah, there's just, I'll save the rest for my predictions. I'm trying not to give away my, okay. my prediction, okay. but the, it's just very compelling. I think it's a great story they've told the last few months. And, and like personally, selfishly, I want these two guys to keep being friends for a couple more months, but I don't know. Well, we'll there's a lot to play out on Sunday. We then got a pretty good match, in my opinion. John Moxley and Ray Phoenix. Uh, you and I, we're, we're uh, we we don't hide the fact that we read the dirt sheets, and it was announced on the Fightful Select. I think it was yesterday after the All In uh, media call with Tony Khan that the, Tony Khan said there was going to be some changes to the card. It came out that Ray Phoenix having some visa issues, so he was not going to be able to be at All In on Sunday, unfortunately. Uh, but Tony made it sound like you know. He was got to figure out a way to make it make sense in the story, and he certainly did tonight with this match. Uh, Phoenix against Moxley, like I said, uh, I didn't realize Moxley's record until tonight was seventy two and nine in in uh, AEW. That's a pretty damn good record. Pretty good. Uh, this was a fun match. It had a couple close calls where I thought Phoenix was gonna pick up the win, and I thought that'd be fitting too. Maybe he gets the win, then gets beat down afterwards. But uh, in the end, 
Moxley got the win after a nasty avalanche death rider from the top rope. Um, but Phoenix kicked out immediately from that. And then Moxley got a sleeper hold in to gain a submission victory. Um, then the rest of Blackpool, Blackpool Combat Club showed showed up with crowbars in hand. Uh, Phoenix partners tried to appear, but Ortiz, a returning Ortiz, comes out of nowhere and blocks them. Then Santana, returning for the first time in over a year, tore his knee up at Blood and Guts last year, comes he out looks to jacked. oh, he looked he's he's had a lot of muscle. Comes out to a big pop from the crowd. Then he starts attacking Kingston and Pinta, and so does. Uh, Ortiz and then Phoenix gets dropped by a crowbar and has to be stretchered out. So what they did, they that that's the way to get Phoenix out of this match. It is supposed to be a six on six match with three surprise partners for the BCC, but now it is a five on five match. So it's Chuck Taylor, Trent, Orange Cassidy, Eddie Kingston, and Pinta versus the BCC Wheeler Yuta, John Moxley, Claudio Casanoli, and Proud and Powerful. Um, Ortiz and Santana. So, which I, I like it. Up until last week, when they were talking about his return, they they still said there was some personal beef between Santana and Ortiz. Yep. And and, and even one guy said, "Yeah, it's it's something they could work out." So I, yeah, I, I think Conan said that. I think. And and obviously they did because they realized that they could be put on one of the biggest cards of all time. Yep. Um, so that could, that could put, you know, when, when that paycheck comes, that could put a lot of personal issues aside. Sure. Um, I'd like the surprise. Like I said, I think Santana looks jacked. Yeah. Um, obviously those two have a, um, outside of professional wrestling relationship with Eddie Kingston. Mm-hmm. At one point the, he called those two guys, one of his best friends. Mm-hmm. And Phoenix and Pinto weren't too far behind. Like that, that whole click ran together. Yep. Um, so yeah, we 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 wrote Phoenix out of the story, um, which is too bad because he's a hell of a talent. I mean, he, he is, is so and, good. And when it says visa issues, he, the guy's trying to establish a U.S. citizenship. Right. So he doesn't have that done yet. So technically if he'd leave the country, he might not be let back in. Right. Right. You can't take that risk. Um, especially yeah. as a family man, but, uh, what, yeah, I, uh, I like the Ortiz and Santana are back. What I like about this match, I was thinking about this before we started recording is all 10 of these guys have been involved in some crazy matches, whether it be stadium stampede, blood and guts or parking lot brawls in, in the best friends case. So we're going to see some crazy shit go down on Sunday. It's Moxley. He's it's Moxley and Phoenix with Kingston to boot, or not Phoenix Penta. Yeah. Um, so the high spots will be stupid. I'm still curious how they're going to do this logistically. It's gonna be interesting. There's nowhere to pre-tape. I I mean I'm guessing the concourse is pretty damn big in a, in a huge. Soccer venue like this, but yeah, I don't know. We we got a question here on YouTube from Darby Allen fan. Wembley Stadium is going to be nuts this Sunday. Do you agree, the ship? Uh, I think the crowd will be hot. Yes, yes. Now, th- thinking of Stadium Stampede and, and being a soccer arena, there's got to be a practice field somewhere close. You, you know, think. Like, you know, like the NFL teams have those fields 
so I could see it starting there and, and, and trickling their way back in. Maybe, you know, Eddie Kingston coming down the ramp with gasoline and blood all over his shirt. We've, we've seen that before, right? Yep. But, uh, yeah, match took an interesting toll tonight. Yeah, yeah, it did. I, uh, yeah, when he was saying he thought he could make up for the uh, issues, and then there's another match I got changed tonight, the issues with some guys not being able to make it and make the card better. I was kind of skeptical, but in in the case of Stadium Stampede, I, I think if, if, if Phoenix has to be out, that this is this is a fine substitution. Yeah. So I still wondered to myself who the third surprise was going to be on BCC side. If 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 Santana Ortiz were going to be two of the three the whole time, who who's the guy who got scrapped? I, I don't know. Yeah, it, and it, and it probably changed a hundred different times with with Phoenix of late getting scrapped. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, Tony's used to rolling with the punches at this time. I mean, Brian Danielson was supposed to be a huge part of the show originally, and then he broke his arm at Forbidden Door. So, um. And Pack and, and Hater, Jamie Hater, were supposed to be big parts of this show. They're both injured, so just gotta, you know, the wrestling business doesn't stop for anybody. So you gotta, yeah. gotta make do with what you got. Drinks forty-seven pots of coffee and gets two hours <laughs> of sleep a night. Yeah, you're probably right. Probably right. So we then see Renee Paquette again. I told you she's the MVP of the tonight show. Uh, she's shown with Sammy Guevara and other members of the JAS, or what used to be the JAS. They point out that Chris Jericho did say yes to Callis last week. Guevara says Jericho's blinded by friendship, and when your friends are in the wrong, you have to have their back. Angelo Parker says he doesn't want Guevara to make the same mistake as he wonders if Jericho will be there for him. There's some interesting stuff. I, I think there's some seeds being planted here for uh, for all out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we're getting Sammy and Jericho all out. I think something happened Sunday to to make that happen. Uh, speaking of Jericho, we got the Will Os- Osprey and Chris Jericho contract signing tonight. Right after the uh, backstage interview, um, Osprey and Callis head to the ring. Jericho and Guevara come out to the ring. Callis says he did what he did because of Osprey. He realized the only thing better for him than having Jericho and the Don Callis family was by ending his career. So he had to make an offer to Osprey that nobody else could, and the clincher was offering Jericho's head on a platter at Wembley. Callis points out Jericho nearly died in England previously, and this Sunday he'll be re-decided to make sure that happens. Osprey then questions if Jericho's taking this seriously or if it's a vanity project to say his band played at Wembley Stadium because uh, Jericho's band Fozzie is playing Jericho in, which I get why Jericho wants to do that for his band, but at the same time I feel like that's going to drown out the crowd's singing of Judas a little bit. So um, kind of bummed about that, but I get why he's doing it. Uh, Osprey said this match is going to change his life and he's trying to get as much money as possible to help his stepchild go through school, which I thought that was interesting. I didn't know. I didn't even know Osprey was married, to be honest. I, I remember uh, the Rene Paquette uh, podcast he did. Mm-hmm. That's probably been close to a year now because um, he that, that was back when he was talking in the Japan lockdowns where Japan fans couldn't cheer and I mean, I that podcast was awesome. He was real, and he, he talked about his missus, as he calls her, and, and her having a child, and um, how he's basically raising the child and and being the father. So, um, great, great stuff from Osprey. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. the more the more I watch him over the last, and it's been probably about a year. 
year, year and a half, I mean, the guy is just unbelievable. And I think he's the best wrestler in the world. Well, you know, I, that's that's hard to argue. Yeah. But tonight, in the way he talks, and I don't know if it's just with his accent on top of it, God, could you imagine him and MJF talking back and forth? You know, you got to put him in the top 10, might be loose, but top five talkers right now on the mic. Yeah. Let alone what he can do in the ring. Yep. And, and he brings up that his contract with New Japan comes up in six months, and who won't, who won't pay millions for him because he knows he's the best wrestler in the world. Which, which he told on himself here because he's always been a <clears> – <throat> Big, big pro New Japan. Right. Because New Japan works around his schedule being in, in Europe. Yep. So he has talked about how much he loves New Japan. He loves the front office. Not saying that he wouldn't try something else for a different paycheck, but that's a little bit of a, a that's a little bit of a, a tidbit that maybe that somebody doesn't follow him as closely. I mean, I would love to see him all elite, but in the end, I think he will resign with New Japan, which I think is the best consolation prize for AEW fans because with their working relationship between New Japan and AEW, we can still see him over in the States a couple times a year. Yep, and, and also, too, not saying that they wouldn't offer him stupid money <clears throat> because they have it, but I'm pretty sure – I'd have to re-listen to that podcast, but I'm pretty sure he said he would never do – Stanford because of the schedule. I believe you're right. And he's been on record saying he doesn't want to live in the States. He's not a fan of big cities. So, yeah. 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 Uh, but I thought Jericho was strong on the mic too tonight. I think, I mean, I'm worried if he can keep up Sunday, but I will say Jericho tells good stories. So uh, Jericho congratulated Osprey on what he's accomplished, but points out he wouldn't have done that without him. He called Osprey five years ago and told him to tone things down to have the, the longevity because he knew what Osprey would be before anyone. Jericho points out that this match has been in the works for years, and he, this is the biggest show of his career, bigger than any WrestleMania, any Tokyo Dome, anything. It means more to him than anything else as he's coming at it from the top of the mountain. He then tells Osprey to prove it to him, tells him not to regret uh, stopping him from being in a wheelchair. Uh, Osprey then smacks the microphone out of Jericho's hand. Jericho then smacks Osprey in the face so hard you can see a handprint on Osprey's face, and they're, and, and they're pulled apart by security. As it was a bunch of extras, including the guy who played Leatherface last week. True, but there was one guy we missed. There was no Turbo. No turbo, no turbo. Which no I turbo think, tonight? I think he shows up on Dynamite on Friday. If I read the dirt sheets correctly, the, 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 or uh, Rampage, Rampage. Sorry, Rampage. Rampage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shows up Friday night. It was in- that's interesting too because they they're taping Collision tonight too, I believe. Well, so you, you, you Punk have, and the Bucks were in the same building tonight. You you have you have to tape Collision tonight because yes. You know, there's no way you can do it logistically. Right. I'm just saying with Punk and the Bucks in a same arena, that's not a pay-per-view. Kind of interesting. Those guys cash big checks. They need to put that seventh grade drama BS. By the way, speaking of that, let's get rid of Let's talk about something cool. I just poured my annual. or Kettle. Kettle. Kettle one. Listen, I drink a lot of this stuff. <laughs> Probably too much, but 
I really enjoy it, and I drink it every week on one of the top 50 podcasts in the UK, Australia, Canada, everybody but the States. Good thing you're <laughs> from Holland. Give me some, give me a free t-shirt. I'll wear it. Give me a hat. Send me a bottle. Send me a koozie. Just retweet our stuff. Come yeah. On. Yeah. There's my rant for Kettle, by the way. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, we then got some tag team action, uh, tornado tag team action, I should say. Darby Allen and Nick Wang versus AR Fox and Swerve Strickland. And this was a swerve, in my opinion. No pun intended, right? <laughs> well, I mean, cheap pop. Cheap pop. <laughs> um, Darby, man, I say it every time. The dude. <laughs> Talk that cannonball he did against the announcers. Oh, my God. Which, why was the announcers down there tonight? I don't know why they were down there. I don't, maybe it's just how the building's set up. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it didn't look like that small of a building. I don't know. Yeah, I was in Duluth, Georgia tonight, which I which, think is where Cody Rhodes is from. Well, it's a suburb of Atlanta. But. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that one got me. I was like, oh, my God. And my wife was on her floor. She's like, what, what? I said, wait until they show this replay. And she does. She goes, does he do that stuff all the time? I said, yes. Yes, he does. Swerve caught him really good. Though. He did. Swer- he did. S- Swerve's a very safe worker. Very safe worker. But there was a lot of spots, not just Darby tonight. I mean, Swerve, AR, Nick Wayne, they all did some crazy spots tonight. The, the double Wayne's World off. Oh, my God. Off the top to the floor was. Yep. And I'm pretty sure Nick broke his nose tonight. Yeah, that was, yeah, he got busted up. His uh, mom was shown in the crowd tonight. Again, I uh, the kid's getting better and better. I mean, we knew he would, but you can tell he's getting more comfortable with being on national television every week. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember, he's been doing. He's 19 years old. He's been doing this. 18. For, I thought he was 19. Now, anyways, he's been doing it since he was. He'd been on the Indies since he was 16. Right. So. He's got some. He's got a little bit of experience. Um, now he's just got to get used to being around the big crowds. So. Right, and he finally got a pinfall win in AEW tonight. Uh, he hooked the legs of AR Fox, and Darby stopped Swerve from getting involved. So they picked up the win, which I thought Swerve and AR were going to get the win tonight. So I would have been wrong if I was predicting that. After the match, Swerve got on the microphone. And he's doing an evil laugh. He's such a good heel. Evil laugh. Says he's so disappointed. He's disappointed in Fox. He questions why Fox blows every opportunity. And he says he tries, but questions why he's such a loser. Uh, Swerve then says this was all a test. And he can't trust Fox if he can't beat an 18-year-old kid in Nick Wayne. So he can't trust him at Wembley. And Prince Nana fires him as Brian Cage comes in and wipes AR Fox out. However, Darby, Nick Wayne, and Sting appear and chase those guys away. Alan then says he still owes his career to AR Fox, and they shake hands. And then uh, Darby's asking Swerve, okay, so who do you got for Sunday? We then see Christian Cage and Luchasaurus appear. Christian Cage leaning into all the social media buzz for months, how he always goes after the talents with the dead fathers. He leans right into it, points out that Nick Wayne's father is dead and he is a talentless hack and doesn't have much to live up to. Tells him to stay away from Wembley or he will see the coffin door close on someone else he cares about. He went there. He, he did, but at first, you, you would think Christian Cage would have been the, or not, Brian Cage. Would yes, have been the, yes. The opponent. And I'm right. like, okay, so we got Sting and Darby and, and, and versus Brian Cage, who's big old muscle yep. guy. And, 
and swerve. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then then you had um, Nick come down. So now you got three of them, and they join Air Fox. And you're like, okay, now we're going to get four versus two. And then uh, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus come down. I'm like, all of a sudden now, to me, I thought this was going to be a four-way match. Which I'm glad it's not because I'm like, we yeah, have so many multi-guy matches already on the card. I'm like, I don't want another huge tag match. So I, I, I know you say that, but I'd almost rather see that match. Would you? Yeah. Reason being, it's going to be all over the place. And, and I don't know, maybe this is just me being, uh, you can call me a Mark. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I think AR Fox deserves to be on this show. I do too. I read on Twitter they think travel issues with him is why. You got warm. I I don't know, but I I sure hope it's an issue like that because if not, it's it's pretty crummy that TK changed the matchup because AR deserved it. And and just the way everything went down, I, I. It's got to, he's got to be one of the ones TK was referring to yesterday on the media. Yeah. It, he deserves it, and I think Nick Wayne should be given the chance to prove himself on a stage like this. I still think he gets involved, and, and Brian Cage or Luchasaurus gets involved. So, so I, I, uh, I could almost—I don't know—I almost feel like I'd rather have an eight-man tag um, than what we're getting, but. It's just you know, interesting to me that Christian Cage now was in like AEW's version of a buried alive match earlier this year against at the time Jungle Boy, and now he's gonna be in a coffee match. Just kind of, I don't know. That's kind of interesting. We haven't seen him, you know, perform in a while, so we haven't. We haven't. Well, he was on. He was on Collision not too long ago. But yeah. so talking about Christian Cage. Is yeah. there is there is there a chance somebody cost him a match in the largest professional wrestling show of all time? Could you happen to be talking about a guy named Adam Copeland, aka Edge? Adam Copeland, yeah. <laughs> heard he was heard he heard he got some time on his hands. It sounds like he is legit most likely done with WWE and that match against Sheamus on SmackDown was his last match it, from uh let me put, I, I want to pull up the report because I don't want to get this wrong. Um, it was reported today by pro wrestling, pro wrestling torch report that edge had approached WWE recently and presented them with a scenario that would lead to him resigning with the promotion. It is unknown what edges requests were, but whatever it was, WWE would ultimately reject it as a result. The promotion now believes that edge will be AEW bound and that they are aware of what edge could make with the rival promotion. So, Instead of getting your release, being fired, and having a 90-day non-compete clause, if you let your contract expire with Stanford, the next day you're free to do whatever the heck you want, correct? Correct. But here's where it gets interesting. And Edge is really good at blurring the truth, especially on social media. 
it's been reported that Edge has said that this was the last in-ring match on his contract, but his actual contract doesn't run out till the end of September. If that's the case, we won't see him in AEW until end of September or October. But, like I said, he could be his contract could be done right now, and he could be just saying that and show up Sunday. So. If and when he does show up to AW, if it's Sunday, if it's next Sunday at All Out, if it's later on in the year, Tony's got to pay up the money for Metalingus, right? It's one of the best wrestling teams of all time. You, you, you do, but you he's got to go by Adam Copeland, right? Yes, he cannot go by Edge, but I think you have to have that theme song. I mean, that's so iconic. It is, it is, and maybe maybe his first song out is that song, just so everybody then, knows him. Yeah, and then you got to you got to introduce his own identity as Adam Copeland. But could you imagine if he does show up Sunday and to that song, that place would blow up. Well, correct, and it could take some wind out of it afterwards. I would yeah. hate to. I would hate to if that's the truth. I'd hate to be the guys that have to go on after. Yep. Well, and you know, you know, Tony Khan has FU money, and he will throw FU money at Adam Copeland, aka Edge, just to say he's got Edge, Christian, and the Hardys under his umbrella. Yeah. So, and, and you know, if if and when Edge does become all elite, I don't think it's going to be a three year deal or anything. It could probably just be a one year deal, and he has one last run, and maybe it's only four or five matches. But that'd be cool with me, just to see him in a different promotion, see him do some things either with or against Christian, maybe against the Hardys or some other veterans. There's a lot of young talent he might want to work with. Yeah, you know, we. I know we got some edge in Christian versus each other in, in WWE, but, you know, Christian left and went to the NWA slash TNA and, and, and got his true singles run. Right. Right. That's what Mr. Charisma or something, right? That was his Captain Charisma. Captain and, it, and it was Christian Cage. He went by there too. So. Yeah. So, and, and, and you know what? He went on and did his own and, mm-hmm. and became a world champion. So, mm-hmm. yep. I'd like to see Christian Cage versus Adam Copeland. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, and they, they have, I mean, the history goes back. Yeah, to they're like, best friends. They're legit best friends. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and, and Edge is good friends with Jericho. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of his good buddies in AEW. So, and, and if it wasn't for AEW, he wouldn't have came back to WWE. He, Tony was the first person to talk to him about returning. And then he went to Vince and said, Hey, this is, here's what AEW's offered me. And then all of a sudden, Vince got him cleared like that. And a plan was for him to come back to the Rumble. So, now, now, if you did, you watch the documentary of his comeback. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when he made a comment? WWE sent him a ring. And he set it up in a building. You remember who he worked out with? FTR. FTR, yep. especially Cash Wheeler. Yep. Which which Dax made a comment earlier this year on. I think it was on when this podcast was still going that Christian and Edge versus FTR wasn't out of possibility, like a lot of people thought. And that was earlier this year, so he knew something. Do something. So, speaking of FTR, good segue there, Shep. There you go. Uh, we saw a sit down with FTR and the Young Bucks tonight with Renee once again. And they're talking about their upcoming match on Sunday. And then, kind of, this is the rubber match. This is the, the third of the trilogy between these two teams. 
and uh, uh, they pretty much go back and forth uh, saying who needs this win more, what it mean for the legacy, for the tag team titles. And then we see uh, Matt Jackson towards the end really throw. This was vintage Young Bucks. This is something we had seen in a while. I kind of like this. Said that when they hang their sneakers up, people will give them their flowers for being the best team at ever compete, while they will say FTR are the guys they named on their YouTube show. Then Dax and 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 against that said the Bucks had to use their name to try and get on their level, but in front of eighty thousand people, they will make them. They will crack their foundation at Wembley Stadium. Good stuff by both. It was yep. Anybody watch Cash's face during this? And this is no pun intended. He looked like he killed somebody. Uh, he, Cash is an intense. He's he's the silent one out of the two. But he, I wouldn't want to mess with either of them. Well, don't if I had silent assassin. No, if if if, if I had to mess with one of them though, I, once again, don't want to mess with either one. I would try to mess with uh, Dax, I guess, because you remember Cash went after that guy, rightfully so, that attacked Bret Hart. Yeah, years ago, and I mean he's, he he can go. Not um, making not making light of Cash's situation, which right, we all know. Right. He obviously got into a road rage road rage incident mm-hmm. and flashed a firearm. Yeah. Um not smart. Not smart. Not condoning it by nope. any means, but obviously don't piss the guy off. hundred percent. hundred percent. Um Obviously, hopefully that doesn't affect. Obviously, leading in that we everybody was questioned, to, and, and and Tony took a lot of calls on his media call. Yes, he did questions on that media call about the situation. And Tony said, "Hey, look, we're monitoring closely, but it doesn't as of right now. It doesn't look like it's going to affect uh, all in in, in London um, because I'm guessing those guys are getting on a plane tonight, if not for second. Yeah, they they wouldn't have done tonight's um, segment if they had any any. Uh worry about that match not happening on Sunday. Now, after Sunday, that's another question. I mean, we've got to see how it plays out. Yeah. So We then, it was... Now, hold on. It happened yep, in Florida, correct? It happened in Florida, and it was it happened in late July. But it sounds like now, they couldn't get on record if Punk, Harwood, or Tony knew about it before this past weekend, but everybody else found out about it this past weekend and we're pretty shocked around AEW. Man, you, you think you think TK knows any prosecutors in, in Florida? Oh, I'm sure he does. Uh, I'm sure he knows some in every state, but especially Florida. Well, you think he knows a guy named DeSantis that could probably help him out? Uh, yeah, very well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, DeSantis sure. is kind of busy nowadays, but, you know. Yeah, he's got a campaign to run, but. He could, he could make a phone call. Yeah, he could make a phone it was 9.30 Eastern time at this time, so then we got the lone women's match tonight, Ruby Soho versus Sky Blue. Internet loves Sky Blue. IWC loves Sky Blue. She's getting better and better, but she has trouble picking up wins. Ruby Soho gets the win tonight after hitting the uh, No Future and then Destination Unknown. Ruby Soho has made it clear she is going after Chris Statlander's TBS title, which I believe it, it went by so fast, the uh, match previews tonight. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that match is at All Out. Did I see that correctly? Yes. Because so is Luchasaurus versus Darby Allen for the Correct. TNT title. Yes. Okay. Okay. Thought so you got two that. matches for All Out already. Yep. Yep. And we'll get a bunch next Wednesday, I would presume. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, next Wednesday and maybe next Saturday at Collision because all next week Chicago, Wednesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Chicago, 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 Chicago. Next week, so still crazy to me that they're doing back to back pay per views, but a week apart. But hey, more power to more power to them. We then got the main event tonight, which I understand from a story perspective why this was the main event, but of all the matches, it still kind of surprised me this was the main event. Ozzy Open defending the ROH Tag Titles against Jeff and Matt Hardy. Um, I thought this was a fine match. I, I did think, I thought this was Jeff's best AEW match maybe throughout his short AEW run so far. It looked like he's finally getting his confidence back tonight. It is. It is. It is. Um, I thought it was it was short, shorter than I thought, but it made everybody look good, and it got the point across. So, yep. Um, well, and I, I I totally skipped over this part in my notes, so we'll get back to the main event in a second. But I forgot about this because uh, they made a different interest than usual. The acclaimed came out without oh. music or anything. They demand the House of Black come to the ring and fight. House of Black uh, lights went out. They made their entrance. Um, they started beating down the acclaimed three on two, and then Billy Gunn comes out to probably the biggest pop of the night, makes it three on three, and he said, you know, he was good with stepping away and everything, even though leaving his career and Anthony and Max was two of the hardest things he's ever done. He was fine with it until the House of Black uh, attacked and hurt one of his kids and then destroyed his boots because they pissed on his career that he's built for 32 years and he's ready for one more time at All In. He will take everything from the House of Black. And he said, at All In, it's House of Black versus the Acclaimed and not Daddy Ass. There's a badass coming to London. His name's Billy Gunn. I like this because uh, he, he uh, paused and he said, look, it's not going to be me. It's not going to be Daddy Ass. And you're thinking... All Ooh, of a sudden, he, gonna, yeah. he, gave you, he gave you like 10, 15 seconds there. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, man, who are we going to – are we going to get a debut? Are we going to get somebody? And then all of a sudden, he come back and he says, this is going to be the badass Billy Gunn, which yep. I love that. Love yep. That. Yep. Uh, I'm all for it. I was hoping we were going to get this at All In. I thought they might save for All Out, but I'm glad we're getting at All In. I think these talents deserve it. They're all some of the better talents in the company, so – but yet now back to the main event, uh, Aussie Open versus the Hardys. Um, you know, Aussie Open, they don't, as an act, they don't wow me, but they are solid in the ring. They are yeah, solid yeah. in the ring. Um, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis are two of the better ones. And glad Mark Davis healed up so fast because I thought that was going to kind of screw everything up when he got injured a couple months back. But uh, in the end, Aussie Open is victorious, uh, retaining the ROH Tag titles after they hit a huge double team on Jeff, and then they dropped down the mat. So Jeff took the pin tonight, which I was kind of surprised Matt didn't. After the match, Aussie Open claims they will still be the champs after Sunday, baby. This leads to MJF and Adam Cole come to the ring to face off with the champs. They begin brawling, which ultimately leads to them trying for a double clothesline and a kangaroo kick. But Aussie Open uh, uh, gets out of the ring. And then, uh, well, before that, MJF or Cole's trying to go for a kick on Fletcher, and he misses and almost hits MJF. MJF catches it. They stare each other down. MJF holds the title up to his face, gives him a shoulder bump, goes out, reaches in his pocket for the diamond ring. Cole's kind of ready for it, and then he changes his mind. They hug it out. 
So still more teasing back and forth as we go off the air. Keep it going. Yep. Keep it going. Yep. Keep us guessing. That's what I like. Keep us guessing. I don't like when my pro wrestling is too predictable. So, so overall, I thought it was a very fun show tonight. Uh, with that said, Shep, uh, let's go wrestler of the night. Then we'll go rating. So wrestler of the night, you go first. So, so I had a couple, <laughs> actually I had three. I wanted to go, I wanted to go Moxley because I thought that was a really good match and he adapted to a luchador style. And then I watched the Osprey segment and I'm like, dude was dude killed it out, knocked it out of the park. And then I'm thinking, honorary wrestler night had to go Terry Funk. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go nothing against Moxley and Phoenix. I thought it was a great match of two guys that you are contrasting styles. Mm-hmm. Like, it showed how adaptive Moxley could be um, to a luchador. And Mox- I, feel like, I feel like Mox doesn't get the credit for in-ring like no, he deserves. Mox, Moxley gets shit on. Yeah. Especially by your purist that he, he can't perform. And, and then you put him with an athletic performer like Phoenix, and we had a 10-minute entertaining match. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going to make a change because we don't have written rules, right? No, we don't. We write them as we go. My honorary rest of the night, RIP Terry Funk. My performer of the night is Will Ospreay. And I can't wait to see more of Will Ospreay. Yeah, place is going to go nuts for him Sunday. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. I just, I'm concerned that Ken Jericho keep up. But, hey. I Jericho proves me wrong all the time at his age, so maybe he'll do it again. Maybe he'll do it again. I like both your picks. Um, I'm going to go Nick Wayne just because he got the roll-up victory, even though I thought Darby was a little more of the star in that match tonight. But I thought all four guys brought it in that match. Um, it was a match I, at first I'm like, okay, this will be good, but why are we doing this with three of the four guys we're going to get on the pay-per-view on Sunday? But then it all made sense in the end. So, uh Yes, I will go Nick Wayne. Now for your rating tonight, which Paul never gave me a rating. He gave me predictions, but he never gave me a rating tonight. Well, it's because Paul's Paul. Paul's Paul. Um, great show. Love the the storytelling, the uh, escalation that we're getting to towards this weekend. Um, I, I would think if if you had a handful of people on the fence, whether they're going to spend their hard-earned money on this pay-per-view. After watching this show, they're spending their money. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that being said, one of my higher ratings, um, and maybe it's because it's leading into an all-time pay-per-view, but I'm going 8.7. Ooh, 8.7. That, that might high. be your highest. I think it is. Yeah, that's... Pretty sure it is. Yeah, like I stated in the opening, I thought this was one of the better, if not AEW's best, go-home show, and they needed it. Uh, the build-up to a- All-In is got crapped on by a majority of the IWC, and you know, and I can see some of the points. Some of the stories haven't been gave been given enough time to marinate, but thought they add some good wrinkles in to some tonight, and 
And, you know, they can't complain about the late edition match of the trios titles tonight because that story has been going on for months. So they can't do that. Um, I really have no complaints. It wasn't high enough to get into nines. I feel like it's got to be pretty much amazing getting the nines for me. Uh, I'm going a little lower than you, but not by much. Eight, five, eight, five, which I feel like is a really good score. So really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Um, are you ready to get in predictions? I, I say we skip no, no Cody Rhodes segment this week. I, yeah, yeah. The, the Cody I, Rhodes segment, I, I, I saw a little bit t- tidbit of it. Yeah. Monday didn't do much for me. And I, th- I think we're going to be pretty, um, quiet with Cody until October yep. leading into survivor series. I agree. I think you're going to see him feuding with judgment day and, and, and dealing with those guys. Um, for the next month, just to yep. bite his time, too. Yep, I agree with that. I did have to laugh tonight uh, when I, I told my wife, because she didn't know who Will Ospreay was. I said, in my opinion, he's the best wrestler in the world. She goes, well, Cody Rhodes says he's the best wrestler in the world. Yeah. I said, yes, he did say that. but And I said, Cody's very good, but I said, if I had to put those two up against each other in ring, I'm taking Will Ospreay. I mean, I mean eventually we're going to get Ospreay Danielson, right? Oh, you got to. I just hope Brian can stay healthy. That guy, man. I mean, that was a fluke incident. It was. It was. And and they said he's going to be there Sunday. So he just won't be wrestling. All right. Uh, Let's get into our predictions. Let me bring up some graphics here. Well, we got the buy-in match, the ROH tag team title match. Aussie Open versus... Better than you, Bebe, MJF, and Adam Cole. I will start off with Paul has Aussie Open for two points. Wow. Hold on, I'm getting my pen to work here. Uh, Paul, I uh, like the pick, but I'm going to have to disagree with you, Paul. I'm going MJF, Adam Cole, Bebe. For one. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. I am going with Aussie Open for four. I just, I don't know. I, I, I something's going to happen in this match. I just, I just can't see MJF and Adam Cole holding ROH titles. I, I think it escalates the story for the later in the night. Yes. For the main event. Yes, I do too, but I just hope I don't think Tony would do this, especially in a buy-in, like a pre-show match. I hope we don't get like some sort of turn in that match. Well just to- think about it. What what a what a smart move by Tony where he gets the two main eventers to get on the buy-in match. Yeah. It's never been done before. That and, I recall. And maybe he's thinking in his mind. If I get the two main events on the buy-in match, maybe I could pick up some pay-per-view buys. Yeah. Especially if those guys win the tag titles and realize they got to fight each other in a couple hours. Yep. Oh, well, shoot. I want to watch the free match. Now I'm going to spend $49.95. Yeah. He's a businessman. He's a businessman. I just hope, and I always hope this for any performer, I hope, Neither one of them gets hurt. Could you imagine that? If one of them got hurt in that match, and then <laughs> I don't know what you do. I don't know how you pivot. 
Um, I mean, I, hopefully we don't have to worry about that, but th- that would be my main concern. You, as, if you pivot, you have to pivot it into the CM Punk uh, Joe match, which I still don't understand. But you I'm glad see. you brought that up. That's the next one on the card for our predictions because it's for, like the graphic says, it's for the quote unquote real world championship. CM Punk Smojo. Which is the AW Championship with Punk with a spray painted X. Over yes, yes. Right over the uh, E for Elite. So. So Paul has CM Punk for three confidence points. CM Punk for three, huh, Paul? Yep. All right. What do you got? I have CM Punk for nine. Wow. I have CM Punk for nine. I just don't see any way he loses this. Um, it's, I mean, it's it, to me, it's setting up for Punk versus either Cole or MGF next weekend at All Out for unification. Yeah. Kind of sucks without much of a story, but there still is kind of a story sucks, there. Sucks for a weak buildup. Yeah, but uh, that's where I'm seeing this going. I just can't see Samoa Joe holding, not only holding ROH TV title and the AW Real Championship, but yeah, that just doesn't make sense to me. Nothing yeah. against Joe, but... Okay. Next up, Chris Jericho versus Mr. Will Ospreay. And Paul has Will Ospreay for nine. I have Will Ospreay for ten. I do as well. I see no way in hell he loses this match. He he needs it more than Jericho. Jericho's got a losing record this year. Jericho's been putting over younger talent. Ospreay's in his home country. Makes too much sense. Yeah. I don't, I don't, don't see that at all. I, I think it'll be, I think, I think Jericho goes 20 to 25 minutes. Um, not going to be a 45 to 50 minute match we've seen with Omega and Osprey. But I think it'll be a good 20, 25 minutes. And I, I think, I think Jericho will, oh, let me rephrase this. I think Osprey can adapt and make Jericho look strong. Yeah. And that's what I'm hoping happens. But I, obviously Osprey in the end. I could see Sammy costing Jericho setting up a match for all out. I yeah. think there's there's seeds there. There's seeds there. All right. Next up I have Kenny Omega, Hangman Adam Page, and Kota Abushi, the Golden Elite versus Konosuke Takeshka, and Jay White and Juice Robinson of Bullet Club Gold. Uh, Paul has the Golden Elite for six confidence points. Your turn. I have the Golden Elite for six confidence points as well. Are you serious? I, all I would, three? I, I'm going to, well, I wouldn't show you my paper in front of me, but that tells the rest <laughs> of my picks. But yes. On my paper, we have 666, which is not good. That is not good. We might lose that one. <laughs> we might. We might. Um, and once again, and, and, and it'll be interesting because we're going to have predictions next Wednesday for All Out, assuming we get enough matches. So, And I think one of those matches on that card will be Takeshka against uh, well, Omega. Well, now hold on. 
if we if we don't, I mean, I guess we'll have to uh, suck it up and 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 party on a Saturday night too. It is Labor Day weekend, so and and just not that anybody could give two rats about my life. That following Sunday, I only not only have a golf tournament qualifier, I have my obsessive, compulsive, ridiculous fantasy football draft afterwards that I, last year I watched all out on a laptop and drafted on an iPad after I played golf, after I was about a bottle of vodka deep. So I have similar situation. I have a fantasy football draft next Sunday as well. We still know what time. It's not in person because there's guys from different states all over. But I don't know what time. And I do not have the golf next Sunday. But next uh, weekend's the start or technically week one of college football. That's always a big week of my life. So, yeah. Well, I mean, got a lot going on. Next, next, next Saturday night, we could. Yeah, uh, we could. We could. Hopefully, hopefully Paul uh, heals up and. Uh, uh, Never mind, I won't, make, I won't I won't say what I want to say there. We'll, we'll be nice to Paul tonight. We'll be we'll, nice we'll to Paul. Paul. Make sure his mind all kicks in and he's feeling better. <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, Tylenol. 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 We then have the stadium stampede match, which we learned tonight's five on five. So you got the returning Santana, returning Ortiz in the BCC Wheeler, you got John Moxley and Claudio Casanoli versus the best friends, Orange Cassidy, Chuck Taylor, and Trent, and Eddie Kingston and Penta. And uh, Paul has the BCC for one point. Wow. What say you, Shep? I have the BCC for eight. I'm right there with you. A little higher. I have the BCC for, uh, or I'm right below you, but I have the BCC for seven. Excuse me. Seven. So, yeah, I I mean, I, I think just story-wise, the BCC can't take another loss, can they? No, and it just extend, extends the story um, of Claudio and Kingston, but it gets them to the next ROH pay-per-view where they could go head-to-head. And now we're going to see Kingston uh, involved with the BCC because of Santana Ortiz. So it just extends that a little bit. Yep, 100%. Because eventually we're going to – I really do think eventually we're going to get Eddie Kingston as an ROH champion. I really do. I hope so. guy deserves it. I mean, it's cool that he has New Japan gold on him, but he, he deserves something else as well. And I bet he, I, I would bet a dollar that he comes down the ring with that new Japan strong title. He should. He should. Or he should. He should. Yeah. I don't have the updated graphic for this match because I could not find it. And it's probably out there now, but I haven't checked since we've uh, been live on air, but that's all right. Anyways, it's the casket match Darby Allen and Sting versus Swerve Strickland and now Christian Cage, who replaced AR Fox. Paul has taken Darby and Sting for 10 confidence points. <laughs> Darby and Sting. I got Darby and Sting uh, for three. I have Darby and Sting for eight. I just, Tony loves Sting. He was talking about it yesterday on the media call how he wants Sting to be involved with AW as long as he wants to, as long as he feels like he can go. He talked about Sting being undefeated. 
This is a gimmick coffin match. Darby's never lost one of these. I just don't see him and Sting losing at Wembley. I hate that Swerve gets so many L's to his name, though. Um, but I think, no pun intended, it would be an ultimate Swerve if Darby and Sting lost. I, Especially with Darby going for the TNT title next week at All Out. I mean, I'd love to see Darby turn on Sting and set up a one last feud for you know, for a retirement match thing, but I don't, I don't see that being, I don't see now being the time and place for that. No, no I think, I think that's, you're going to see, you're going to see it for a while. Why are you so low on that? I'm just curious. Uh, three points. Um, the, the reason I was so low on that on three points is the late addition, the late change with Christian cage. It's fair. Um, no, no offense to A.R. Fox because I think we talked about it earlier. He deserves, um, he deserves it. But right, there's a reason they took him out of this match and replaced him with Christian Cage, who's arguably a bigger name, bigger star. Oh, there's no doubt he's a bigger name, bigger star. Now, is he a better worker, more athletic? Probably not. Not more athletic. He he can work. He can work. But, but he's more well, well, well-rounded. Yes. In the talking, in the in the gimmick, yes. in the persona. Yes. So, yes. I had it a little bit higher until they changed this match. I have a lot of scribbles on this page. <laughs> oh, I got some too, and I, I'm curious how this is going to work. Does do both guys have to get close in the casket or just one? I've never seen a tag team casket match before. I haven't either. So, I'm guessing just one, but. I'm if, sure so, if so, are they going to have Christian? Had to be attacked. Anybody listening right there, chime in yeah. live on YouTube. Help us out. I I, I don't ever recall Carson Is he? Is he yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, he. We have not heard from our friend Majin. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Maybe he had a little bit too much uh, Molson extra dry and he went night night a little early. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any NHL stuff going on. I know that one week the draft was going on, so he listened to us later. But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um. All right, then. Uh, the latest addition to the card, the trios championship. You got the House of Black, Brody King, Malachi Black, and Buddy Matthews versus the acclaimed. Uh, Anthony Bowens, Max Caster, and Daddy Ass. Uh, let's see, Paul taking House of Black for five. Okay. You want me to go on this one? Go for it. I am taking the acclaimed and Daddy Ass for five. <laughs> <laughs> I am taking the acclaimed and Daddy Ass for five. I mean, the House of Blacks had a hell of a run with the trios. I want to see gold on the acclaimed. I think now's the time. Give Billy one last run. It, it sets yeah. perfectly with the story. The Wembley will go nuts. I, I think it's 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 perfect. Yep. Um, with the vignette of them smashing those boots, yep. or compacting those boots. And him coming back as the badass um, Billy Gunn. I think that, yeah. So, um, and it's time for the House of Black to move on. It is. Um, 
I could see Alistair going on his own, obviously. I'd love all three of them to go on their own. Yeah, but I could also see Buddy Matthews and um, Brody. Brody, they make a hell of a tag team. They do. And, 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 you know, now, you know, we didn't really mention this earlier with Santana Ortiz come back. All of a sudden, the tag division started to get stronger again. Not that it, it was ever weak, but no, nah, it needs to though. Yeah. Oh yes, it does need to. It does it need to. to. So, um, so, yeah, I will say, I if the House of Black somehow retains, that's definitely going to go in Paul's favor because that was that was an eyebrow raiser to me by Paul with that one. Yeah, I got to be honest because we've been pretty much on the same page until that. One. Yep. Yep. Well, and the buy-in Paul and I had Aussie Open, you had better than you, baby. So. But I'm I'm only one point. Yep, yep. You don't have a lot on it. So this one could be interesting. This one's always interesting when it comes to predictions. That's the women's match. This is the women's four way for the women's world championship. You got Soraya, the champion Hikaru Shida, Tony Storm, and Doctor Britt Baker DMD. And Paul is taking wow, whoa, whoa. I, Paul is taking Shida for eight confident points. <laughs> wow swinging for the fences there um <laughs> this is uh wow okay paul <laughs> i know you're sick bud but did you have too much night quill i mean that that's um yeah wow i i thought i was taking a swing for the fences here i'm going soraya for four points I'm right there with you, but for two points, I'm taking Soraya for two. I I'm conflicted. I was between Soraya and Sheeta. Um, I don't think now's the time for Britt to have her second run. Tony Storm just lost the title. I don't really like Sheeta being a, a placeholder, but Tony loves big moments. Soraya back in her home country would get a huge pop. She's been with the company for almost a year now. Hasn't done anything huge. I think this is a this is the making for a great moment. Yep. That that was the only reason. If this thing was held in the States, I would not have picked her. Yep. If Sheeta retains, which would really help Paul out, I hope we get a returning Jade Cargill. Um, that'll work. If this happens, then I lose again because of a women's <laughs> I, I, um, I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, that's that's my my motto for the last oh yeah year and a half. I don't have my girl Jade to pick. She helped me out so much their undefeated streak because I was always going max points on Jade. So is I I, I know we have one all uh, buy-in match. Yes, I normally have some type of. Casino Royale, Battle Royale, right? Yeah, they haven't announced anything like that yet. They haven't announced it, but since we're talking about the women's match, if they do that, there has to be one guy they bring in that's a local um, for that, and that's Soraya's brother. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember what the name he goes by. Over there, it was different when he was trying to uh, get in NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he had some substance abuse problems, but he he fixed all that, and uh, he's he was killing in Rev Pro. Z- and- Zach Zodiac. Zach Zodiac. Yeah, Zodiac. 
and I, I really think he needs to show up too. And he's been on AEW television before in the crowd. In the um, crowd. And another guy who we might see do something Sunday is, uh, I don't know if you caught this or not, or maybe you read it on Dirt Sheets. I watched some of the interview um, earlier this morning. Paul White hinted that he's going to be coming back soon, that his knee's healthy, and he teased Captain Insano. Captain Insano. Yeah. I think that's got to be more in the States than over in Europe. I would think so, too. Doesn't it? But, but it's such a big show, I don't know. Tony might throw everything at this. So. Well, how about this? How about they come back to Chicago? He does that. Yeah. And there's one guy that introduces him, you know, have a celebrity guest mic guy. Adam Sandler? Adam Sandler. Oh, that'd be great. freaking Louie. Adam does love wrestling. So Have Adam Sandler come out there and introduce him as in Captain Insano. Adam wears his overgrown dress shirts, basketball shorts, high tops with stupid socks. Or come out with a Waterboy jersey on. Um, He could do that too, but. But yeah. 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 Have him introduce Captain Insano. It would be, be amazing. Got to take advantage of that. I mean, they haven't done much with that at all. So, I mean, got to do something. I think, I think TK could have the appearance for you of Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah. Yeah. F you money. F you money. All right, two more matches, um, two that are I'm really looking forward. I think both are going to tear the house down. First one's for the AW Tag Team Championships, rubber match between these two teams. Uh, uh, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood, FTR versus Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Paul is taking FTR for seven. Okay. I'm taking FTR for two. Well, this might be the uh, decider. I'm taking the Yum Bucks for three. Changed my mind this week. Up until the Cash Wheeler news, I had FTR. The only reason I think they pivot is I think if more comes out about Cash... FTR or at least cash might have to go away for a little bit. Not, I'm not talking necessarily jail, just away from TV for a little bit. I don't know if you want your tag team champions sitting there without defending the championships. And uh, since the introduction of collision, I don't know, 10 or so weeks ago, AEW tag team championships have been primarily on collision. Maybe the Bucks pull their EVP cards and say, hey, we want these back on Dynamite for a little bit. They can't manage the target. <laughs> I I would think if this happened in, in late July, the incident with, with Cash, if this happened in late, I'm putting the pencil behind my ear. Yep. If this happened in late July... Tony Khan would have already made his decision and made his changes. So, he was very vague in that media scrum. So, I don't think this is going to affect, not not that the charges against Cash are, are light. I just don't think it manifesting on. So, yeah. I think we're going to bury these charges. You might hear here in mid-September he plead he plead 
plead to, you know, misdemeanor to 120 hours community service. And next thing you know, Cash and Dax are picking up beer cans at a local <laughs> uh, music festival. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. And if that happens, I hope they film it and they make a vignette out of it and they make a dollar off of it. So I would love to be the fly on the wall when these teams are constructing this match, whereas much as they do, they might call a lot of it on the fly. Um, and just the finish. Because, you know, deep down, both these teams, neither one probably wants to lose. But I could see FTR being the how much they love the business and everything, giving the nod to the Young Bucks, since the Young Bucks did create this company. And so much else for wrestling. And, and with the creation of this company. But I also think tonight, in my opinion, since I picked the Bucks, I thought with the Bucks winning, that might set up the Bucks versus the Guns next week at All Out. I hope we don't get interference, though, in this match. I just want two on two. I don't want any interference. And I hope we don't get what I saw somebody suggest on Twitter. I hope we don't get, like, a draw. Oh, time limit draw. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I don't pay attention much, but half the matches they – excuse me, half the matches they <laughs> announce the time, half the matches they don't, I feel like. Yeah. So. Well, usually a time limit for a championship match is 60 minutes. I mean. I mean, I can see the Bucks doing a, a Broadway. They like yeah. Yeah, the FTR did with Bullet Club Gold, so. But I, I think it's going to be a great match. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. Then our main event, the Better Than You Bay Bay boys against each other. MJF defending the world title against Adam Cole. Paul has MJF retaining the championship for four confident points. Okay. I have MJF retaining for nine. Holy smokes. Well, I have MJF retaining, but only for one point because this story has me hook, line, and sinkered, and I have so many different possible outcomes in my head. It wouldn't shock me if Adam Cole walks away champion. Um, but, yeah, MJF for nine, that might be a huge pull at the end of the night. Well, yeah, we have three matches that could really change the aspect of our picks. Yes. Which is usually come down to one in a mm-hmm. match, but – that's because I always try to think ahead, but yeah, the women's match, uh, Paul for Paul, it's the women's match and the trios match are the two big ones. Um, for me, it's the tag team match, both tag team match or both tag team title matches, really. For me, yeah. I mean, because we both agreed on MGF, but you you have nine, I have one, but still, I would get a point, I guess. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Gonna good stuff. Yeah. Gonna be fun. Gonna be fun. But uh, I, I forgot I had it next to me. I better put title on because the title is not going anywhere. It is staying here throughout next week and then after all out. And I think that thing could travel a lot in the next. <laughs> it could. Days. It could. It could be like the TNT title. It could be hot potatoed <laughs> quite a bit. Quite a bit. But yeah. uh, Shep, do you want to do a quiz? I know where. Just two of us, but um, are you interested in doing a quiz tonight? What quiz you got? I'm going to let you pick. Oh, geez. 
I was going to get on the website and whatever pro wrestling quiz you want, I will look it up and see if they have it and let you roll with it. So it's it's a dealer's choice. Um, let's go. Man, cut, catch me off guard. Like, let's go ECW heavyweight champion. All right. Let's see. Uh, I mean, all right. I I got just, just out of pure respect. Of the Funkster. I like it. I like it. Let's see. They do have one. And this includes, just to let you know, the original WWE. ECW and the WWE version. So it's from 94 through 2010. Uh, let me share my screen here. See if I can zoom in the screen a little bit for you. So there's 39 and you get five minutes. Okay. I have not done this one, so I will not since. Uh, Can you see the, yeah, I'm trying to close these ads. I can see. All right. Um, Are you ready? Let's do it. Go. Shane Douglas. Three times. Three times. Uh, CM Punk. Yes. Big Show. Good pull. Uh, all right, let's go back to ECW stuff. Um, RVD. Yeah, it's interesting. He only won it in WWE. WWE, of course he did. Right. Um, Raven. Twice. Terry Funk. Shep is off to a hot start. Uh, let's go with Tommy Dreamer. Uh, Drew McIntyre. Is that right? Uh, I don't think I spelled his name right. I don't think he won it, Shep. I thought I he won it right before that 3MB days or whatever the hell it was. Um, I might have to come back to that one, Mac. In Gosh, I don't think I'm spelling it right. All right. Um, Rick Flair. No. No, he, he, he did wrestle on uh, that. But uh, uh, Raven, Terry Funk. Uh, man. Now I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> um, Cactus Jack? Nope. Nope. Um, Eddie Gilbert? Nope. No, that was before. That was before '94. Um. Oh God! Why am I drawing such a blank? Oh, um, man, this one coming back and bite me in the ass. <laughs> uh, 
Sandman. There you go. Okay. That was a that was a decent that was yeah. a decent pull. Yeah. Um, still got a mix of ECW originals and and new breed guys. So start throwing them out here. Uh, Steve Austin. No. Okay. Um. Oh, uh, Justin Incredible. Lance Storm. Nope. No. Uh, Lionheart. Nope. No. Um, Mike Awesome. Taz. Well, well, I'm a dumbass. Taz. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I was, I was waiting. Uh, Tajiri. No. No. No Tajiri. Um, there's another ECW legend you're forgetting. Oh, uh, uh, you just on TV at AEW. Uh, <laughs> RVD had legendary matches with him. Uh, yep, RVD and what the? F- <laughs> you know when you put yourself on spot. It's oh, like, I know. Jerry Lynn. Well, he wasn't who I thought of, but yes, there was a different one that I was talking about. Um, well, B- Batista, did he did he go there? No, no. Um, got ninety five, ninety seven, twenty five seconds. Better just start throwing names out. Both I, ECW and WWE. Um, man, it's, I got nothing. I'm disappointed, Chef. I thought you'd do good on this one. I thought I would too. 21 out 39. Mikey Whipwreck, Sabu. That's the one I was trying to get. Bam Bam Bigelow, Masada Tanaka, Steve Carino, Rhino, Bobby Lashley, Mr. McMahon, Johnny Nitro, Chavo Guerrero, Kane, Mark Henry, Matt Hardy, Jack Swagger, Christian, Ezekiel Jackson. Yeah. Well, so you got 54%. The so, average score is 66%. So the, the Whipper Wreck one, I, I was thinking of Mikey, but I remember he was the, the guy that came through their, their the developmental, and he just got his tail kicked in. I didn't know he got the belt, but, yeah, that one. You gotta give me a little heads up on those those but <laughs> that's all right that's all right for the last two days i've been focusing on these picks to take that damn belt off your shoulders so. and i and i will go out on a limb i bet your 54 percent is better than paul would have done yeah but, but paul might have done well on the wwe version of ecw he probably would have i did yeah. not i i would have bet you a million dollars i would never if you would have gave me 20 hours. I would have never picked Mr. McMahon. Oh, that's I remember that. That one. Very well. Very he wore the do rag. Yeah. And Amaga was his henchman. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't have got that one. Yeah. Yeah. But there was a couple on there I, I, I wouldn't have got. I I would have guessed Sabu. I wasn't sure if he won it or not. I would have but 
No, I, I forgot Sabu. Yeah, but that's a lot of those like Christian Swagger. I knew Kane and Chavo. Kane beat Chavo like in ten seconds at WrestleMania one year. Um, but I wouldn't have got so. Yeah, no, no, no. I towards the end of the like oh seven on, I wasn't watching much so until um, two thousand eleven. So. Uh, anything else uh, in the world wrestling, in particular AEW, you want to cover before we wrap this up? No, I think we're uh, pretty good. I'm excited for the picks this week, uh, this weekend, I should say. Yep. Um, I mean, I'm pretty ex- curious to wake up tomorrow morning and uh, open the computer to see what kind of dirt sheet we have because of the shows they're taping as we speak, probably. Right. Right. Um, and see if that changes any matches in London or it makes me second guess any of my picks. But I mean, picks, picks, it's, it's done. But yep. Um, so yeah, definitely in the morning, I'm be reading that. Um, other than that, man, I'm excited for this weekend. And then I'm excited for the following week and then the other weekend. Like, yeah. The way they're doing this, like, I know you said, man, I'm back-to-back weekends. I think it's good. But but as a huge wrestling fan, particularly AEW, I'm still paying the money both weekends. I'm not going to miss the shows. I mean, I feel like yeah. AEW has built these up all summer long with the energy and anticipation. So, I mean, it's just – I'm, I'm curious what they're going to do after these two shows going forward the rest of the year. So. Well, funny you say that, Tanner, because the first show after all this – you and I are going to be there. Yes, and Paul. All and, three of us. Oh, we got to take Paul, too? Yeah. Yeah, he's riding on top of the truck, though. He doesn't know that yet. <laughs> Not in the back, on top. All on right. top. So, well, yeah. I'll back he could be blocked from the wind, but now he's he's stuck on top. Yep. Uh, make sure you get a get a, get a a used truck on the lot. That you, you don't care that. <laughs> wow. I'll stop. I'll stop. Tears going me. hard after that Paul. Hey, that my champion vibes are coming out tonight. This gold, it just does something to you. It just does something to Tanner's you. Tanner's a freaking heel all of a sudden. <laughs> it does something to you. So. But anyway, no, yeah. Actually, actually, the first show after All Out yeah. is in Indianapolis, Indiana, and the three of us will be down yep. there. Which last year we went. It was the first show after Full Gear. Um, the year before I went, it was the go-home show for Full Gear. So... Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad it's a little earlier this year. Not as cold weather. That's right, because we had to park kind of far away. So. Yeah, in November, a little chilly in the Midwest here. But well, I just it, hope it's not this temperature next week or not yeah. two weeks from now. So. The big thing is, is maybe we can go early and tailgate. Hey. I, I like the tailgate. Oh, I'm always down the tailgate. Yeah. Down tailgate. So Paul's got to drive home. That's true. That's true. Because he's he's gonna lose he's gonna lose both predictions anyway, so he's got to he he just he's got to drive home. Yeah, yeah, he is gonna lose both predictions. Because so. if I lose both predictions, I'm still not driving home. So. <laughs> I'm still, uh, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. You earned the right. You earned the right. So. All right, but that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the Kicking Out Podcast. Follow us on all social media platforms. Give us a like, subscribe. We're at Kicking Out Pod on all those. If you want to follow KOP Predictions Champion, follow at TannerLee92. You can follow Shep at the Shep 27 You can follow Paul at Paul Zartman 921 
Don't forget, kickingoutshop.com. Get yourself some merchandise. Code all in for free shipping on all orders through September 10th. For Tanner Lee, got Austin Shepard and Missing Paul Zartman. Join us next week's kick out yet another podcast.